Hey, it's Matt, and welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever, the podcast that brings you inside our student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church, located in Watson, Louisiana. So glad you're here. Um, man, it's, it's, it's been another crazy week here at our church. You know, we're having a, a fun fellowship this, this week, um, <laughs> way off Broadway. It's a dinner theater night, and so our... Our meeting place was a little hijacked again, but you know what? We we still had a had a good meeting together and um, truly enjoyed our our, our study. Um, we're at the we reached the tail end of our series how to this week, and um, and we looked at something that I always get a lot of questions about, and it's uh, how to understand God's call or understand God's calling on our life. And uh, recently, I've been reading a book, and I, I detail this in our um, our lesson together. But I've been reading this book called "Calling Out the Call" by Scott Pace and Shane Pruitt. I, uh, I highly recommend it. It's it's not a long read, um, but it's it's well worth it. It's a great tool um, just to kind of help disciple those who who do feel called to ministry leadership. But we went through the first chapter of this book, um, you know, understanding what it means to be called and how to identify it. And, to, this week was really just part one of that, because uh, there's so much I want to cover that we need to cover. But um, really, just we just like I said, we just uh, touched just touched on it a little bit tonight. But um, you know what? I hope you enjoy it, and I uh, hope this blesses you. But you know, what? let's go ahead and rewind it back to Wednesday night. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're. I'm still. I'm, I'm still so glad you're here tonight. Like for real. You know, during my prayer, I was. I was being authentic there. You know, it, it is always a blessing to be able to see like all of you at one time. Um, you know, I always miss y'all when when you're not here. Um, but I know. You know what? I know. I've, I've told y'all when y'all walked in. It's another weird night. Um, you know, our meeting area is once again being borrowed for the dinner theater happening on Friday. Um, you know, so please, please do come, you know, please do come get tickets, bring your families and friends. And it is going to be a lot of fun. You can laugh at us, right? Yeah. Yeah, please do. I mean, that's, I, I encourage you to come and come and laugh at me as I get my, uh, three-year-old niece to go and pick people's pockets in the crowd. Um, she, she is, she, yeah, I don't even have to scene well. I, she just, everybody just has to watch her go. And, Cause I'm singing a, a pick a pocket or two from Oliver. So it's not like I'm training my three-year-old niece to actually like be a thief. Um, that's on her parents. But um, yeah, it's exactly what it is. Uh, but no, um, you know, come and help. Remember, you can you can come and help. Um, get you can get tips for camp. So that's nice. But once again, it's going to be a good and fun fellowship together. But but you know what? Even even with it being so crazy back here, and um, and that and, and it's you know it's still kind of nasty weather. I mean, I, I don't think it's raining right now, but I think it's supposed to. Even, even with all those things happening, we're still going to have an amazing time tonight going through God's Word together. Because tonight we're focusing on something that, that tends to come up a lot um, when, we, when we do like the question bucket or even growing up in, when, when it was for me. You know, when, when I was a teenager, it's something that I did not understand, you know, and that I had questions about. Um, but but we're, we're, we're at the tail end of our how-to series, and I didn't really want to finish it until we, we discussed this, so it's... Tonight we're we're looking at how how to understand God's calling. You know how how do I understand what God is calling me to do? And, and this isn't a question that, by the way, that just your age group um, you know has, is, is confused by or struggles with. But it's one that people of all ages all ages have trouble understanding. Um, and maybe it is something you struggle with. Like I said, it's something that I I had struggled with personally for a long time in my life. Um, 
Like, what does it mean? You know, what does it mean to be called by God? How do I know if I'm being called to do something? Like, you know, what to do, what to do if, I, if I am? And so tonight, that's what we're going to be focusing on, how to understand God's calling. Um, as, as many of you know, I'm not from here. Um, you know, I'm not from Watson. I, I grew up about an hour east of, of here in the town of Franklinton. And um, it's, it's, by the way, it's the, I don't know if you knew this, but it's the home of the largest free fair in the world. Like if you typed into Google, largest free fair in the world, the very first two things, at least that come up, is the Washington Parish Free Fair. Um, and it's also like the watermelon capital of, of Louisiana. I'm just going to say uh, the United States because, you know, I'm from there. But, um, but you know, somebody, somebody actually asked me recently, um, you know, how, how I came to be here in Watson. And, yeah. A free fair. It's one you don't have to pay to get in. You can just walk in. Yeah, like... Uh, I think like even the, the LP, the Living's Parish Fair, I think you have to pay, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that, that's what makes it free. Good question. But, um, but yeah, no, somebody, somebody came and, um, and asked me, you know, how, how did I come to be in here in Watson? How, you know, what led to me moving here? And, uh, you know, it wasn't, by the way, it wasn't to work in a pharmacy. And that's, that's what I told him first. Um, you know, that's not what led me to come, come to Watson. But it was, it truly was, it was, um, it was out of obedience to God's call on my life. You know, God calling me here. And, and I, I remember that's how I answered the question. You know, so they asked me, I was like, well, you know, I didn't come to work in, at, at Bernard's Family Pharmacy, even though it's a blessing and I do love it. But, uh, you know, I came because God called me here. You know, God called me to Watson Baptist Church. And, um, and, and that's how I answered their question. You know, saying God, God was the reason that I'm, that I'm here. And, um, and, and usually, you know, when I answer that question like that, it's like I can see their eyes kind of glaze over. You know what I mean? And, and then they just smile and they're like, oh, wow, that's great. Um, but I know they don't understand what, I'm, what I mean, you know. Um, and, and I believe, I, I truly believe it's important to give credit where credit is due, especially, especially when it comes to God. You know, giving, giving, when it comes to giving God the credit and the glory, he is due, and he's, he's due all of it. Um, and I truly wouldn't be here today without, without him in my life, without, you know, him calling me here. And neither would you, by the way, you know, you're here because, because of God. So I don't believe in telling somebody that my reason for being here is just out of some happenstance or just because I wanted to move, uh, you know, uh, just because I wanted to move out of one situation of what, uh, of one bad situation I was in, I wanted to move to a better situation. That's not why. That was, I mean, that, now, now God used that to lead me here. That was great. Um, or I didn't want to say it was, it was just make up a reason to being here, you know, but it truly was because God placed a calling in my life to be here and he made it possible for me to be here. Now, now what needs to be addressed is, is what does it mean to be called? You know, and I think, I think there needs to be an understanding there. And I think we need to understand it so that, hey, we can actually help people understand what that means as well. And, um, and, I, and I always, by the way, I always wish, you know, I always hope and I wish that when I say that, somebody says, what do you mean by that? I never get it. I just get the eye glaze thing. What do you mean by that? 
Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm about to tell you. Um, but, I, you know, I do. I, I truly believe that, that we, can, we can easily clarify what that means. And so to, uh, to start off, you know, looking at, at um, how to understand God's call, what does that mean in our lives, we need to know two things first about God's call. Number one, we have to understand what it is, what, what a calling is. And so let's get interactive for a minute. Uh, how would, raise your hand, how would you describe a calling? Like, like in, if you had to describe it in your own words, how would you, how would you describe it, a, a calling? Hey Siri, call Matt. Don't, please don't do that. No, not like a phone call. Like, how would you, like, if, if, I, if I said that, you know, God called me here, you know, or, or you have, do, you, do you have a calling on your life? What do you think I mean by that? Like, how would you describe that? Anybody want to take a stab at it? It's okay. I mean, a desire. Okay, that's a pretty good word for it. Anybody else? I would say an appointing. Um, like, if you were, for example, given a role at your job or whatever mm-hmm. to take over certain duties, you know, that would be, you know, you were called to, to do those things. Maybe not a divine calling, obviously. Right. But, you know, that's how, sort of how I would think of it in those terms. Okay. I would say. Um, Okay, okay. Freaking answer so far, yeah. Okay. I love all of your answers, by the way. That was, that was great. Thank you all so much. Because that's, all of your answers kind of go into, into what I'm about to say. A calling is simply a tug on our hearts, um, you know, by God towards something in particular. Um, you know, it can be for a specific situation. Um, it could be for a specific season of life. You know, or it could be for a lifetime. It could be a lifetime calling. But sometimes, sometimes it's a burden. Like your heart is burdened. You know, and for me, that's what it was. Like I could literally feel my heart being tu- felt like it was being tugged out of my chest. Not like a heart attack or something. That would be awful. But like I, f- I just I felt like like you said, like a nagging or a desire, a strong urge in my heart, like from the deepest point of me. And you know, I remember sitting in a pew and and watching a video about the country of Wales and its people. And, and, and then I remember hearing that as a country, 3% of people are Christian. A country. And by the way, this is the same as New Orleans. New Orleans, you know, New Orleans is the city, but instead, this is the whole country of people. 3, 3% are Christian. And I remember just sitting in that pew, looking at the, this pictures of this beautiful country, you know, these, these, these people, you know, people, by the way, that have running water, that have, that have well, for the most part, air conditioning, that, have, that speak English, you know, that, uh, and Welsh, but, uh, but primarily, you know, they, a lot of them speak English, and, but this country, you know, 3% Christian. And, in, you know, and sitting in that pew and hearing this missionary speak about the lostness of this country, this beautiful, awesome country, you know, hearing this, sitting in that pew, I could feel my heart just being burdened, being tugged, and I knew that, that in that instant that, you know, God wanted me there. You know, God wanted me there. He wanted me there for the specific um, for the specific purpose of telling the people there about Jesus Christ, and um, and then and, and then by you know by saying by saying yes to God, you know it just it, it made it way easier to tell God to tell, to tell God yes, you know just moving an hour down the road, you know saying God telling God yes, send me, I'll go. Then 
You know, it just made it easier when it came to God calling me here, just simply an hour west of where I lived. And so even though as, as Christ followers, you know, we do all have one main calling in life, and, and that is to live a life of obedience to God. But, but each one of us has an individual calling. You know, just like there were many people in that, in that, same, uh, in that same room watching that same thing, hearing that same missionary talk about this country, there were other people there, right? But there was only like maybe one or two of us that felt the strong urge to go, you know, felt the call to, to go. And, um, and, and so, you know, God calls each of us to, to, to different things, you know, uh, such as relationships. You know, God calls us to certain relationships, to certain jobs, um, ministries, cities, whatever it is, and, and at different times. Um, you know, sometimes he calls us to start things, to begin things. You know, sometimes he calls us to stop things. Um, you know, sometimes he calls us to go, right, to go, to be missionaries, to, to go to the ends of the earth. Sometimes he calls us to stay exactly where we are, right? So, so number one, we, we need to understand and know what it means to be called by God, okay? So now, so now and then number two, we have to know that, that God does call us. He does call us, you know, even you, even you, and and we know this by looking at Scripture. You know, we see so many, so many in, in the Bible that are, that are called by God to go and do His work. And remember, those He calls are, are, just, are just like ordinary people, usually. You know, just like us. And so, by the way, that should be a relief that God calls ordinary people to do these extraordinary things. Because it's not like you have to be some, some like crazy famous person or some person with it all together. You know, he, he doesn't call those types of people. He calls, he calls ordinary people just like us. And that, that's, that's like one of the biggest things that, that relieved me when, when I had this need to go. And I was like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But then right there I have in Scripture people who, who God has called and were just ordinary just like me. And, and God made it possible for them to do those things. And so I knew, you know, God, God had, had those same things, those same promises for me. But we see this throughout Scripture. You know, so many, so many different ordinary people called by God to, to, to go to, to do his work. Uh, I mean, just in the Old Testament, right, you've got Moses, you've got Noah, Jonah, Abram, you've got Deborah, you've got Samuel, David, Esther, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Ruth, countless others, right? Countless others like priests and kings and judges. And then in the New, New Testament, you've got at least 12, right? You've got the, the 12, the 12 disciples. You've got, you've got Stephen, remember the first martyr? You've got, um, you got Philip. Oh, I love Philip. You've got Paul, Barnabas, Lydia, Silas, Phoebe. And, and once again, there, uh, there are countless others. There are so many, there are so many others. But there are countless men and women in the Bible who we see God call for amazing things. And, and, then, and then we we have the audacity to, to say, you know, to, to doubt that, that, he can, that he can call us to do something. You know? But we have the proof. We have the proof. You know, we, we and, and, then, and then just look at today, you know, the church, by the way, the church, I don't have to tell you that the church is still around. That, that's proof, right? The church still exists. I know, mind-blowing. But, you know, leaders are still being called by God. And, and if you're a born-again believer here tonight, then, then you have a calling, an individual calling by God as well. 
You know, the, the main one, you have the main one, which is to live a life of obedience to God. And then you do have an individual calling for your life. And know this, a calling from God will, will never contradict Scripture. God's calling on your life will never go against Scripture. And by the way, that, that may seem kind of obvious. You're probably like, well, duh. But, but it, it can be easy to, to give in to a desire that doesn't line up with how the Bible tells us how to live. You know, like God is never going to call you to go sell drugs. Unless he calls you to be a pharmacist, and then it's legal. But, you know, the, the easiest way is, is to, you know, to, to sort this out is to ask yourself if the thing you're feeling, um, if, 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 if what you're feeling called to do is causing you to sin, then that's not from God. Just know that right now. You know, God's calling will always draw us closer to him, not further away. And then, and then know that, 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 that God's calling is always accompanied by his peace, you know, as well as, as like everything you need, you know. And it's, it's amazing how this happens. You know, I've been blessed to have seen this happen in my own life. You know, I, I had to mention before, you know, to, to even get two, two whales, to even, you know, to obey that call. I had these circumstances that were mounting against me, like, how was I going to pay for this trip? And so I actually had to like write letters and send out letters to church members, to family members, to friends, asking if they would if they would donate to my to my effort to get to where I needed to be. And I had to raise money. And you love you know how much I love fundraisers. So I had to I had to do this. And but the thing is, you know, God God provided once, and you know what? God provided a second time. And and then and and then just to be here, right? Just to be here, just to move, just move out of the way. You know, I, I, I first I got this this job, I got this position at, at at our church, but then I was like, I don't have a place to live, so I'm gonna have to commute. I don't want to do that. You know, I want to be all in. You know, I I don't want to just commute an hour back and forth every Wednesday. I want to live in the community. I want to put down roots, and and just like that, you know, Miss um, Melissa McGee, she's a member here. She said, Hey, you know what? I've got a mother-in-law suite behind my house. Why don't you just move back there? We'll charge you, we'll charge you a little bit of rent. And hey, you know what? You already have uh, pharmacy experience working at a cash register. You know, I need a cashier at my pharmacy. Why don't you, you know, if you need a second job, why don't you come work for me? Bam, bam, bam. I mean, I, I mean, it was, it was insane. Just, it, and it was like, like that. You know, house and, and income and, and ministry all lined up. I mean, it's, it's just insane. So, you know, sometimes God is going to ask you to do something hard. He's going to ask you to do something scary or, or maybe uncomfortable. And, and while we may be scared, we may be afraid, you know, our fears will be met by God's overwhelming peace and provision. I can't tell you the peace that came with moving here. Like, I still have it. That's crazy sometimes, but, but through it, you know, there, it, there has been God's peace. Just, just knowing that, that through this, through my, because I obeyed him, you know, he, everything has lined up. And I see that behind me, so I know that's going to be in front of me as well. He provides. He equips the called. John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Here's, he's telling the disciples, hey, I'm about to leave. I'm about to go, but you know what? I'm leaving you with help. I'm sending you help. And that was a form of the Holy Spirit. Because he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And his, his peace is there. So, so we have some things we need to know about, about God's calling before understanding our own. Uh, I've been reading a book recently written by Shane Pruitt and uh, Scott Pace. Um, Shane is the next, uh, next gen director for the North American Mission Board. And Scott, he's the VP of undergrad studies, uh, dean of the College of 
Southeastern, and, and uh, I think it's uh, the, the seminary. And he's the associate professor of pastoral ministry and preaching. But the book is called Calling Out the Called. Um, Shane, Shane actually spoke at uh, YEC last year. And, um, and he was, this is his newest book that's out, and I love it. You know, it, it's, been, it's been a really good read. It's easy to read. Uh, it's not long. I, I, um, I encourage you to read it as well. Raise your hand. Has anybody read this or anything? No? Okay. Um, but, uh, but, no, I picked it up, and I highly recommend it. Um, it, does, it does serve as a good tool if you do feel called to ministry, which is what we're kind of going to talk about today. Um, but I want, I want to share with you, um, you know, from, from this book that I've been reading because, you know, I believe in teaching others what, what God is teaching, is teaching me. That's what we should be doing as believers. But, um, but I want, I want to kind of share from, from his first chapter to kind of maybe whet your appetites. Maybe you want to read the rest of it as well. But it's, it's been so good and useful, uh, when it comes to just understanding calling, God's calling on our life, um, you know, we, we know what we need to know about God's call now. We know kind of what a call is, what it means to be called. Well, now it's time. Now it's time to wrestle. No, we're not going to actually wrestle. I'm just joking. I thought everybody was going like, to start jumping up and throwing chairs. Uh, actually, some of the guys almost wrestled in the parking lot, which would have been weird and messy. Um, but believe it or not, I actually used to be a, a really big wrestling fan, right? That's what you called it back in the nineties, wrestling, right? Um, I know, I know. That's not Caleb. That's Josh. Hey, Josh. It would have been amazing. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but he, you know, my dad, my dad and I would actually, we would go to, to these events, um, back in like the late '90s, early 2000s, we went. Back then, it was WCW oh, yeah. and uh, WWF. We were big WCW fans. I like Sting and Goldberg and uh, Diamond Dallas Page. I'm trying to think of some others. Uh, Rey Mysterio, not Junior. Rey Mysterio. Um, I mean, Hulk Hogan was still wrestling back then. But uh, but so we would go to these events and uh, but it was it was pretty big in the '90s and I'm still kind of I I am not gonna lie I'm still surprised it's still a big thing today it really like it is isn't it I know Caleb you know Caleb likes I was gonna ask Caleb what his favorite wrestler is but he's not here dude ask this what what is your what is your favorite wrestler dude Alexa Bliss Alexa Bliss okay see I don't even know I don't even know who that is I I really don't I don't know that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, fake wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Undertaker. What? Rowdy Roddy Piper? No, he's Scottish. Rowdy Roddy Piper was a Scottish guy. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, well, I'm, you know. Um, it's time for us to wrestle. No. What is your wrestling name? No. Y'all can, hey, y'all can pick wrestling names in your small groups. That's actually not one of the questions, but it can be now. You're welcome, small group leaders. But um, but no, you know. But unlike unlike all of that wrestling, whatever it is now, WWE or whatever it's called, whatever. Yeah. What is it now? What is it called? Oh, that is it. Oh, okay. Okay. That's it. I was trying to think of the other one. But hey, and um, 
But uh, unlike unlike the WWE or whatever it is, the struggle of wrestling with um, with the call that God has placed in your life, and you know tonight I do really want to hone on on our call to ministry because we don't really talk, we've never really talked about that, and that is something that that um, you know I, I I see a lot, and I, there's a lot of there's a lot of you in this room who I I, I can see as as equipped for ministry. But uh, but unlike unlike the WWE, the, uh, the the struggle with wrestling with the call that God has for us uh, is real. Sorry, sorry for those of you that that watch wrestling still. Um, but but be, because you know during during the process of discerning what God is calling us to do, we're often hurled into like this internal battle um, between what we feel right, between our emotions, and and the things that we want. So our desires. Um, and, and more than likely, we are, we're going to face obstacles, we're going to face circumstances, um, we're going we're to face all these different things that, that convince us that answering God's call for our life is impossible. And, and we're going like, to wrestle with that. And so, and so even though you know, we want to just, just um, take out that step, we don't because, I mean, who wants to like, have some internal struggle and wrestle with, them, with themselves? I don't. Even though we want to take that out and just say, nah, I'm good, um, you know, it's actually something that needs to happen. Um, you know, it, it's, it's actually something that, that needs to happen for discernment to take place. Uh, we, actually, we actually see this in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 32, and he, they, they talk about this in the book, actually, we have Jacob. Uh, and Jacob was, was um, you know, he just was in a bad circumstance because of everything that, that happened with God. And then he got into this, this wrestling match with God. Like physically, um, just just for context, just to, to back up a little bit, Jacob. If you remember the story from the Old Testament, you know he stole his brother Esau's birthright. Remember, he was he was very deceptive. His his brother, I mean, his father couldn't see, and so he pretended to be his brother. He even put like sheepskin or sheep hair or something on his arm because his brother was hairier than him. And his dad said, "Oh, son," and he thought he was feeling his brother Esau, but he was or his son Esau, but he was actually touching Jacob. And so Jacob stole his birthright. And uh, and uh, and then and then he and then he fled and then he fled his father's house and he had all this guilt and all this shame and and then all this fear and then God called Jacob back home and Jacob was like no no my brother's gonna kill me you know my brother has to be fierce but he's gonna he, he's he's going to kill me like literally and, and and when and when Jacob went out you know he he called to God and 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 then he was confronted with God's presence in an all night like wrestling match and it wasn't you know it wasn't wwe it was for real and um and and that that wrestling match would come to define his entire life and so you know god god forced jacob to confront his this the spiritual reality uh of the way that he was living his life and and it was and it was so it was completely different from from how god was calling him to be from the life that god had for him up till now jacob's life was full of of lies right deception it was full of arrogance it was full of 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 shame and then god brought him to a moment of this this spiritual brokenness you know which was by the way which was accompanied by physical brokenness you know with just one touch god crippled crippled jacob um and you know and and jacob and this by the way this wasn't because god is competitive and he wanted to win the wrestling match that's not why he wanted jacob to understand who was in control he wanted to under, he wanted to, to teach Jacob, hey, I'm I'm in control. 
right? I've got all the power. But the thing is, you know, he let Jacob wrestle him all night. You know, he didn't like overpower him. He didn't try to subdue him. You know, he, he, the match went on until, until Jacob finally got to that moment where he was like, all right, God, you know, I understand you're in control. You know, God brought Jacob to a place of, of willing surrender. Um, you know, and, and Jacob had, had left town as, as an arrogant, insensitive young guy, but he returned a limping leader who, who had come face to face with his master, and now he, he's a man of purpose. And, and this is the same way God wrestles with us. You know, he leads us to humbly submit, to give him control, and to embrace his call, you know, not ours. But, but there are some steps that we need to take before embracing, um, you know, as, 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 as we wrestle, and there are five C's um, that take place, and, and they laid them out here in the book. And number one is, is to, um, we need to confirm. We need to confirm our calling. Um, you know, confirmation involves, it involves prayer. A lot of prayer, by the way. Prayer for discernment. Um, and actually, we're just going to look at confirm tonight because, uh, and we'll look at the rest next week because this is just a lot and I don't really want to rush it. But, um, but it, the, the first one, to, to confirm your call for confirmation, it takes a lot of prayer for discernment. And, but I want to give some, some practical, some spiritual ways that we can confirm our call tonight and then we'll, we'll close. You can go to your small group. Actually, Charles Spurgeon, the, the Prince of Preachers, you know, he's awesome. Um, he actually identifies four ways to help recognize a call to, to ministry. Uh, the number one is, like we talked about earlier, it's an overwhelming desire. An overwhelming desire, um, like an urge or, or a tug of your life, you know, maybe a burden placed on your heart by God. Spurgeon described it as an intense, all-absorbing desire for the work. You know, this internal passion to pursue ministry uh, in, in, a, in a spirit-led aspiration for, for God's work that, that eliminates everything else. Like, like, that's all you see. You have tunnel vision. You're like, yes, you know, that, that's, what, that's what I want to do. Right. Um, number two, gifts. Right, ministry gifts, spiritual uh, spiritual gifts, uh, are, and, and being proficient at something that cannot be manufactured. Um, natural talent, uh, natural talent, and a willingness to serve. That it's no substitute for that. So, who you know, those who God calls to the specific task of vocational service or, or ministry, He's going to equip you. Like He He will, and I've seen it happen. You know, not just in my own life, but I, I see it in the lives that are in this room right now. I mean, I've been blessed to have served with the majority of you in this room, and I've seen all of your, your different gifts on display. And, um, and, and it's always, I love it. I love seeing it. I love to build teams, you know, of people that I know how they work and what they do well, and then seeing those teams go and just do stuff like a VBS with you guys. I mean, those that, that run the, help run the games with the kids, those of you that help do the, do the dances and the music, those of you that help, uh, just that are just here with the kids. I mean, that just that just interact with the children. I mean, it's 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 amazing. You know, God doesn't truly equip you for for the things that He has for you. He does. You know, He He will grant those particular skills necessary for for whatever role that is. God equips those that He calls with everything they need to fulfill that role that He's called them to. So oh, this overwhelming desire, number two, ministry gifts, number three, God's blessing. You know, God's call can be can also be seen through the spiritual fruit he produces through uh, the o- obedience of faithful service. Um, you know, Spurgeon said that, that there may be seasons of drought, but our usefulness to the Lord will ultimately be affirmed by the spiritual harvest that comes from our labor. 
And I love this. I love this so much because, you know, when God has called you to do something, and then when you realize you're equipping and you do it, you know, it's going to be evident that is your calling simply by the fruit that your obedience produces. The lives that are changed in the process of your obedience. I mean, it's amazing. But I like how Spurgeon said, hey, there, were, there is going to be times of drought. And don't I know that? You know, uh, you know I've been in ministry now for, for, for several years, uh, like at least 12. I don't know. But, uh, and I have, I have definitely seen seasons of drought in my life. You know, I've, I've talked to other ministry leaders who have experienced prolonged seasons of drought. And, um, but, but the, and, and, the, and the, the verse that really always, I, I, I feel myself pray it more than, than, than not. Um, Galatians 6, 9. I know people talk about life verses, you know, and things like that. Galatians 6, 9 is always one that, that, that I, I tend to pray, um, but it, it's a verse that comes to mind, for do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. And that has that always encouraged me because, you know, no matter, no matter what's going on around me in my life, no matter, you know, if I'm not seeing a lot, a lot of fruit or if, if nothing's happening, but, you know, I know that I don't need to give up because I know, I know the harvest is plentiful. I know the workers are few, but I know who's in control. You know, and so it, it helps me helps me persevere. And so, you know, there will be there will be blessing, you know, uh, but but there but there will be drought. And I think we need to understand that and know that. So um, but uh, by the way, spiritual growth, spiritual growth is going to be evident in the lives of people that that we serve, which, which just provides affirmation of God's blessing and our calling. So we have confirm, confirm, our, um, I'm sorry, we got overwhelming desire, we have ministry gifts, we have uh, God's blessing, and now number four, uh, affirmation of others. And this is the big one, you know, obviously we don't do what we do for applause or, or for the approval of others. Uh, in, in ministry, that's not our goal, and if that's your goal ever working in ministry, then you need to, you need to like check, check your heart quickly. But, but God, God does give us affirmation. Um, to confirm our calling. You know, faithful obedience to God is going to be noticed by other people. And, and those around us will be able to recognize our calling by, by our character, by the, by the gifts that are evident, and the way that he uses us to impact other people's lives. So, so these here, these are four ways that we can confirm our, our, our calling. Um, you know, in your small, small groups, there are going to be some, some reflection on, 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 these, on these four things that can kind of help be a guide. Uh, for you to use to, to help um, to help confirming that call, and, and you know you know there there are four ways that so th- these are these are just those four ways that we can we can help do that. Uh, but you know actually uh, we see we see this in the Bible. Um, Paul Paul gets the co- a confirmation of his call as well. Uh, you, you remember his testimony? You remember who Paul was before he was Paul? You remember Saul, right? You know he was this guy who did what? Yeah, exactly. He he persecuted the church. You know, the, he persecuted the early church. He even he even agreed with with the killing of Stephen, and then and then on the on the road to Aramaeus, you know, he he has this encounter, this encounter with with Jesus that leaves him blind and, and having to be led into the city, uh, a bit like Jacob. You know, a bit like Jacob who was left humbled and limping by God. You know, this was a truly humbling moment for Paul. But then he has this radical transformation. 
and, and then, and, but then after that, he had his, his call confirmed. And first it was through personal affirmation. You know, he felt compelled to preach and, and, and to seek God. Um, you know, it was that tug on his heart, right, to go, that burden to tell others about Jesus. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, Paul says, but when, but when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anybody. So he felt compelled, right? He had this, this, this personal affirmation, right? He felt this tug to go, to tell others about Jesus, to use his gifts, to seek God. And it's verses 7 through eight, 17 through 18, it says, I did, not, I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to, the, the, uh, to Damascus. I'm sorry, he was on the road to Damascus, not to, not to Aramaeus. Anyway, then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to get to know Cephas, or Peter, and I, and I stayed with him 15 days. And so and then it was confirmed through, so, so we have this, this, this personal confirmation, right? Um, you know, he, he first, he, he felt this tug, he felt urged to go, to preach, to use these gifts, and to do these things. And so, and, but then, but then it's, uh, we see it was confirmed through private affirmation because he goes and he meets with, with Peter, you know, the apostle. Um, and, and so verses 18 to 20, that meeting, it says, then after three years, I did, I did get up to, and go to Jerusalem to get to know Cephas and I stayed with him 15 days, but I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. I declare in the sight of God, I'm not lying in what I write to you. And then finally, he, he confirmed his call through, through public affirmation. You know, as, as the church celebrated his testimony, you know, who he was and, who, and now who he is, you know, his preaching and, and his usefulness to God. And we see that in, in Galatians 1, verses 21 through 24. It says, Afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and uh, Cilicia. I remained personally known, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I remained personally unknown to the uh, Judean churches that are in Christ. They simply kept hearing, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. And so Paul's, Paul's example of, of confirmation of, of his calling, it's really helpful for us um, you know, to seek confirmation of our own calling. It's a, it's a good little blueprint here. But the thing is, we do have to understand that it's not going to go down exactly like Paul's or anybody else's for that matter. You know, you're not going to have a moment on a beach in Western Wales where everything just clicks, you know, and you understand what God is calling you to do. That was me. I mean, if you do, that's weird. But, but that, that was me. And, you know, and, and your confirmation is not going to line up the same as Paul's. You know, but it's also important to note, like, like Shane and Scott say in their book, that the specific sequence of these affirmations, they can vary, you know, even though all three should be a part of our confirmation process. There should be that personal tug, that personal confirmation in your life. You know, there should be that private confirmation where you have somebody that you trust say, hey, I see these things in you. I think you can do it. And then, the, and then you've got the, um, I can't remember the word for the other one. The, um, that's another P word. Why can't I think of the P word? Public, public, that's it. Public affirmation. And then you have the public affirmation where, where people in public say, yes, you know, this is amazing. And, you know, I, I see, I see, um, you know, I see exactly what you're called to do. Um, and so, and so all three things need to take place, but they can be in different orders. You know, they can, they can be at different times. It's not all like bam, 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 but, um, but look, it's hard. You know, it, it's, it's not easy to confirm a calling. It's, it's not, it's, I mean, if it was easy, then, you know, we wouldn't have to teach on it. Right. 
Um, but it is essential. You know, it, it involves wrestling with your emotions, your circumstances, your gifts, your desires. But without the wrestling and working through it now, doubt, uncertainty, and even fear is going to creep in and attempt to unravel everything. You know, wrestling is crucial because it's either going to release you to pursue a different vocation or it's going to, like, just, just um, cement your calling for, for, for a season in ministry where, where you need that firm foundation or certainty and confirmation just to help you keep going and persevere. But tonight, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to stop here because it's a lot. And I don't want to rush this. Um, this is important to know and understand. And, and you may be sitting there asking, like, you know, why is he talking about, you know, ministry? You know, working in ministry? Why, why is he talking about these things? I don't want to be in ministry, you know? I want to be, I don't know, I want to sell cars or something. You know, I don't want to do that. Well, here's, here's the thing. You know, when it comes to your calling, it's not up to you. It's really not. If it was up to me, I would, I would definitely be doing something completely different. I can promise, 100% promise you that. I know exactly, well, prob, I know whereabouts what I would be doing if I wasn't in ministry. And to be honest, I'd probably be doing it well, but in my heart, I, but in my heart, I would know that I'm meant for way much more, so much more than whatever it was I was doing. Because when you spend your life running from God and, and, and His call, you feel it. I felt it for so long. And I tried to fill it with everything and nothing, nothing took, ever. Until I said, yes, God, send me. Something was missing. Is there something missing from your life tonight? Like, like it, your purpose? I know purpose is huge right now. I know we have some out, out, outgoing seniors, you know, that are going to be going forth. Yeah, I know we have some seniors that are coming up. You know, and I know as young people, and I'm not even saying like in junior high, high school, I've got some 20-something-year-olds here too. Purpose at every age is hard sometimes. It's hard to figure out what your purpose is, you know, what your calling is. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible. So I know, but, I, but the, the other thing I do know that in this room, there are ministry leaders that God is calling. But the question is, do you know that? And will you answer the call? Pray with me. Father, we just thank you so much for, uh, for tonight, God. I thank you, Father, so much for, for just your word and for the wisdom that it is. And I, I thank you for Scott and for Shane for, for writing this book as well, God, because it is, it is a, a useful tool, God. Um, you know, and I thank you for the wisdom that you've given them to help minister um, to, to students, God. And, uh, and Father, I do pray that um, as we talk about you know, your calling on our life and the things that that we should be doing to pursue that calling. I, I do pray that, um, you know, if there's somebody here who, who just doesn't know what they want to do, who doesn't know what their purpose is, God, I pray that tonight they understand that they do have a purpose. That they do have a calling on their life. And, and, and it's your calling, and it's your purpose, and both of those things are amazing things. And God, I just pray that weight can be lifted off tonight because I know how hard it is to try to figure out your purpose in a world, in a world that tells you that you just need to look inside yourself. Well, that doesn't work, God. It only works by seeking you. So, Father, help us do that. Help us understand, you know, what it means to be called by you, that it, it's, 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 it's a personal thing. And God, I just, I just pray that, um, that we can just continue to talk about this openly. 
But Father, I pray for the small groups as, as they get together just to, to, to discuss um, this a little bit more, that you can be in those, in those conversations. But Father, we love you. We thank you. Be with us now. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be dismissed. Well, thank you so much for taking time to join us. I hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, this was just part one. Um, but I hope you, you've come away with this understanding that that you, if you're a believer, that you have you know, that main calling on your life to live a life of obedience to God. But you also have an individual calling. And, and now you understand, you know, what it means to confirm that, how, you know, practically what that looks like. Um, you know, I know it isn't an easy thing sometimes, but it, it is. It, it, it's needed. You know, it's essential to all believers to understand their, their call. Um, but once again, if you ever have any questions or you want to reach out, please feel free to do so. Um, you know, I thank you again for listening, for taking time out of your day to just hang out with us. But uh, feel free to, to, uh, to, I can't say that word, to subscribe to our, to our podcast so that you get all the new episodes when they come out. Um, but look, I look forward to, uh, to part two of our, of our study, how to understand God's call. Um, but you know, for, for right now you're dismissed. <laughs>